You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host, Nick Costco. Nick, welcome back. Hey, thanks a bunch for having me back. It's always a pleasure. You know, it's kind of funny because normally when we do this, and maybe it's the way I got my screen set up or something, but we're like different sizes or I'm here, you're there. And today we're kind of almost in sync, you know, more. So that's kind of good. I don't know what happened or what changed in the universe, but I think it looks good. Well, here's the thing is that it wasn't lost on me either. And it's funny, this new program we're using, I have to step back from my desk a little bit to help oh, our help, yeah. help. So I had noticed this before and I was on a another show where the guy was using the same thing and I found myself jockeying the same way. So it's always an adventure. It keeps us on our toes, right? And uh, trying to deliver the best content we can. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about, last time you and I were together, we talked about the problem. And today we're going to talk about some of the solutions and why some of the traditional solutions aren't the answer to the problem. So maybe we start there. Yeah. So let's just bring the audience up to speed. So you know, we talk about mindset stuff on here sometimes, and we decided we're going to come back to the basics a little bit. We don't talk about IBC directly all the time, but Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, is really set up talking about the problem and then the solution. And because uh, if we don't understand the problem, we can never understand the solution. And in a lot of ways, if we understand the solution or understand the problem, the details of the solution almost don't matter. But we understand people have questions and they want to really understand it. And so we're going to kind of pick up probably about a third of the way into Nelson's book. He like really starts delivering the smatterings of the solution. And those of you that have been on our community and have watched this, have seen some of this, you'll recognize some of what we say. Those of you that haven't, go on to join our community, community.createtailwind.com or download the app in your app store. It's just create tailwind, all one word. And once you get in there, watch, start with watching the presentation. What is IBC under the education? And then follow that up with the becoming your own banker course. And you'll see this broken down almost uh, exactly the way the words we're going to use today. So Jim, you said, Hey, what is some of that? What's some of the stuff going around that people present as uh, a solution? And then we can walk into what we see as really the solution. Yeah, you know, this may resonate with people, it may not. But I was watching this show that Riley, my 15-year-old, loves to watch. She loves Survivor. I think she would love to be on Survivor <laughs> someday, right? And there's this woman, and I don't want to, uh, who, because this will come out in a, in a few weeks, so everybody will know. It's no cliffhanger. But she got voted out last night, right? Okay. On the episode last night. But when she first came in, she was a financial advisor, financial mm. analyst, you know, like, and she was a pompous and, <laughs> you know, acting like she was smarter than everybody, being very aggressive and really aggressively direct mm. about like somebody like not understanding something or something. And that's kind of the mentality of that field. Hey, I'm smarter than you. So I'm going to let you know. I'm going to show you that I'm smarter than you so that you'll feel inferior and you'll let me manage your money. I'm going to do it in a nice way. You're not going to do it the way that I just said. But it's all kind of designed to confuse and make you feel like, man, I don't understand all this. You, okay, you just do it. I trust you. 
you know, that kind of thing. Or worse, it's all uh, the noise is, hey, put your money in a 401k. It's your greatest asset. And if hmm. you're going to be ready for retirement, if you want any chance at retirement, you got to put money in a 401k. Right. And so then you don't even have an advisor. You don't even, I mean, maybe that's better. I don't know. But uh, right, you right. don't have an advisor. You don't have anybody. And you're just supposed to figure out what you invest your 401k in. And you know what, Nick, they're really helpful because they'll give you some model portfolios, right? Right, right. And 99.9% .9 of people just pick from those. And you end up putting your money in something that you don't understand, that you don't have any control of. And that's the problem. Whoever controls the money makes the money. You're not in control. Whether you put money in the bank, you put money in Wall Street, you put money in a 401k with the government as your partner, you are not in control. You're not in control of any aspect of it. And you're okay with that. Not you in the audience, because you're all too smart for that. But people that are putting their money in there. So the problem is that these things are set up to where you take all of the risk. You, take, you contribute all of the capital. And you really get to keep around half of the reward. And when you take into consideration inflation, it's really less than you end up after fees, everything else with probably about 30% of the benefit. Yeah, that's what with you that. said to me a long time ago. You said people buy the lie. It's really fascinating how many lies we buy. And the financial one is a brilliant lie that is sold. It's what you're presented with, Nick. Do you want to retire or do you want to work for the rest of your life? <laughs> well, the fear. I want to retire. I, well, your 401k is your greatest asset for retirement. Okay, well, I got to put as much money as I can in there. I'm right. getting a tax break. I'm getting, you know, back in the day, I'm getting a big match, right? At all of this stuff, which wasn't when you do the math, as Todd Langford does on our community, and it's all about math. It's not the math you think it is, but right. it's the concept. Because those are your choices. Your choices are retirement or being a greeter at Walmart or working at McDonald's back in the day. <laughs> and McDonald's used to have great commercials to recruit people that are in their 60s and 70s to work at McDonald's because you know what? They don't want Friday night off to go to the football game, Nick. They're cool right. working, whatever, right? Okay, so. Solution. Solution. Solution is that you have to buy assets and you have to recover recapture interest that you would have paid to somebody else, lost opportunity costs that you would have incurred by taking money out of accounts and putting and paying for things in cash. Okay. So you're giving up interest that you could have earned. So those, you have to get the interest to flow. So you can buy assets, you can recapture interest and lost opportunity costs. Okay. Those, now, all three of those things have advantages. If you're starting off small, then recapture the interest and lost opportunity costs on your cars and things like that, right? And we have plenty of people on our team that can help you with that. If you are beyond that, where you can put capital in, into your system and that capital can go buy assets that are going to create cash flow, well, now you're ready to be on the accelerated path to financial freedom and financial independence. Yeah. So in your book, you talk about that reverse funnel. So we, we just kind of touch on that. What the heck are you talking about there? 
Yeah. So what we're talking about is everybody wants you to build all of this money, right? And then you dwindle it away and you have money in these different buckets, right? And then the buckets go into the funnel and they produce income. And if the bucket runs out of money, then you run out of money, right? And right. when the bucket's empty, the bucket's empty. So you hope that you die before you run out of money. Seems like a weird thing to hope for. <laughs> and, and so the reverse funnel is you start wherever you're going to start. You could be in your 20s, you could be in your 50s, wherever it is, 60s, right. 70s. And you start to build assets and your income goes up, 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 up like this, like a reverse funnel. So you're going up the funnel, not down the funnel. Okay. okay. And the bottom line is, again, living in Florida has given me a really interesting perspective on this. Because for most of the country, at 58 years old, people would say, well, you know, hey, gyms towards the upper ages of people that they run into working, et cetera. Down right. here, I'm on the low end of the age group in my neighborhood, which is mostly snowbirds. And I really love when they leave because then I get the whole neighborhood that are, you know, maybe 10 or 20% of people that actually live here. So I see these people. I see the yeah. people that have assets and I see the people that have instruments. And I can tell you how they're going to vote on improving the beach club or the golf course or this or that. The ones that have cash flow, they want nicer and nicer and nicer things because their income's growing. Right. And the people that are, have their money invested in instruments, they're not approving anything. Right. They, they're on a budget. Okay. So, right. So then why, Nick? Why? So there's two paths. There's the old path, and that's the only way that I can describe it. Right. There's the old, old path, which was a pension, kind of like you had at UPS. Right. Yep. But yep. Not very many companies offer a pension anymore. Mostly the U.S. government and companies like UPS, and I'm sure FedEx or somebody, a competitor has something similar. But I would tell you that it's maybe 10% of companies or less. Yep. And that's their sales pitch, by the way, right? You already know that sales pitch. So that's the old, old way. We're going to, because that's just so few people, we're going to talk about, that was defined benefit. You would work somewhere for a certain amount of time, and there was a grid and it would say so many years of service, your highest average salary for the last three out of five years or whatever the formula is. And now you're going to get paid this for the rest of your life, right? And they have a pension yep. manager, et cetera. They're basically buying an annuity and paying you out that money, whether they're doing it internally or doing it externally. But around 1973, that changed with the IRA. Then later in the 70s um, with the 401k. And it became do-it-yourself retirement yeah. or defined contribution. I'll give you the rules of what you can put in. And whatever you do with it, how big you get it to grow, that's up to you. I'm going to get my tax down the road anyway. This is Uncle Sam talking to you. So in defined contribution, you take all of the risk. You have to provide all of the expertise or hire it. Thank you for 15 years of that. And that's how you build wealth. Okay. And then someday you say your financial babysitter says, you have enough money. Nick, you don't have to go to work tomorrow. Let's just start living off of these assets and hope you don't run out of money. You should only live another 20 years. And if you live 30, I mean, shit, you're not going to care. I mean, you're going to be 90 years old. You'll just be in a crummy retirement home. Or you'll be with one of your kids. 
And <laughs> I don't know what they say. You know, it's been so long, but it's a lie, right? And so now you've climbed the mountain. You've climbed the mountain. You're at the peak. Now yeah. we're going to start down the mountain. Well, on K2, which is one of the most dangerous mountains right. in the world to climb, what percentage of climbers die on the way up and what percentage of climbers die on the way down that mountain? That mountain has a high mortality rate. Nick, would you, you know the numbers? I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. No, sorry. But, but you know where I'm going with this. 70% of the people that die, they die on the way down. Yeah. Because when you build up this money, you have sequence of returns. What if you have a really bad year the first year you're in retirement? Sure. The market has a bad year. You're screwed. What if you hire the wrong person? What if that person's too aggressive? What if you just have a crummy market? What if all of these things that are against your control? Yeah. But what you do is it's all based on scarcity, hope, and fear. Scarcity, because you don't want to run out of money. Hope, you hope all those things I said don't happen to you. Right. And fear that that puts in you every day. And you watch things like the Today Show and they say the stock market. So all of those things happen. And what you do is you live your life in fear, fear of running out of money. Now, the reverse funnel, it's the opposite. The reverse funnel is you start wherever you start. You start today, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. You find what makes sense to you. You're smart enough to do this. It might be multifamily. It might be uh, RV parks. It might be mobile home parks. It might be a franchise. It might be your, you know, your dad's or your mom's business. It might be your uncle's business. Whatever it is, you get in, you work hard, you buy those businesses, those assets. Okay, so why assets over instruments? Because an asset grows in value. And especially, you know, we're going to get into inflation in a few minutes, Nick, but this is what the goal is. It's not scarcity. It's not fear. And it's not hope. I mean, it's numbers, right? It's math. But what we want is we want cash flow. I was going to say, it, that's it. All we want is cash flow. And we want our cash flow to eventually, in 10 years, 20 years, I mean, it's not going to take 40 years, okay? 10 or 20 years maximum. In 10 or 20 years, we want our cash flow to exceed our ideal standard of living. Okay, so those of you that haven't watched the Ledger video, if you go to the What is IBC course, and you'll see that the, the video is titled The Ledger. That's what Jim's talking about. He's talking about the we're right side of the Ledger. Pardon me? I said, we're very creative in our names. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. could call it the money machine like some of these people, right? We could call yeah. it, you know, but we yeah, call so it the ledger. We're talking about the ledger. right side of the ledger, which is where we put the assets. But, okay, so we've talked about where we don't want to store the money. Let's just kind of dive in for the next, you know, five, 10 minutes before we wrap up. Let's just talk about the left side of the ledger. And, you know, Nelson talked about this pretty intently in his book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. He said, essentially, your money is going to reside somewhere. Why not have it reside somewhere where you have some unique ownership and control of it? And, and it's safe. I mean, there's a lot of phenomenal examples out there about very knowledgeable people storing their money in these very safe uh, locations, which are these 
dividend paying mutual life insurance companies. And one of the more well-known examples is David Walker, who was the comptroller of the United States under Bush and Clinton. I think he was the comptroller for 12 years, which is an extremely unusual long tenure. And those of you that don't know what the comptroller is, think of it as the CPA for the United States, okay? The head CPA. So Jim, let's just dive into a little bit of what the heck is a dividend paying mutual life insurance company? Well, yeah, I mean, a mutual insurance company is an insurance company that's owned by the policyholders. No, the not, policy outside, not outside owners. stockholders? No, that's a stock company. There are lots of stock companies out there because okay. there are lots of shareholders that want to invest money in insurance companies. Yeah. And then it's the same reason that you should want to be an owner of a mutual insurance company is because insurance companies have math on their side. They have actuarial science. Lots of it. They have lots of it, right? And so they, there's a few things that make insurance work. The law of large numbers, right? So if I'm, in, if I'm self-insuring, like Dave Ramsey would advise me to do, which means you got plenty of money. You don't need insurance right. to pass on, and pass on to your family. I mean, he's never read the Bible, obviously. It says a good man and leaves an inheritance. We could update that, Nick, and say a good person leaves an inheritance. But it's that. It's the law of large numbers. If I'm doing it individually, I could get unlucky. I could get hit by a bus or a truck. Sorry, Javi. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, or, you know, I could unfortunately get sick in my 40s or 50s or whatever. But if I'm an insurance company and I have 100,000 lives yeah. well, or a million lives, then that doesn't matter. I already know there's going to be some unlucky people. There's going to be some people that are going to die. They're going to get hit by a bus, okay, or get sick. So that's one thing. The other thing that an insurance company has on their side is they have actuarial science. And we talk about this a lot, Nick, but actuarial science, if you said to me, okay, you graduated high school in 94? Five. 95? So let's say that at St. X, there was a thousand kids in your class. I don't know if it was that big or not, but a thousand kids, St. X, Louisville, Colorado, Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> uh, we were just listening to the book and yep. we were talking about Louisville, Colorado, which yep. is spelled just Louisville. And so I was at that part of the book where we were talking about that. Yep. So in Louisville, Kentucky, and there was a thousand kids in your class then they would be able to tell you how many of those kids have passed away, right? Yep. Not about how many, if they have a yep. large enough number. So the other thing that in, makes insurance work is reinsurance. There's no insurance company in the world that's dumb enough to take all of the risk, even with <laughs> all of that, even with the law of large numbers, even with actuarial science, everything. They only retain a certain amount and then they reinsure that the additional amount. Okay. Yeah. So these insurance companies, they have all of this going on for them. And then they bring in all of these premiums and they could say, you know what, based on all of this, let's just pay this big dividend. But they go, you know what? Okay. We brought this amount of money in the policy for Nick. I mean, Nick's still healthy. He's still good. We brought in more money than we need. So we're going to put X in 
reserves, and then we're going to pay a dividend after we fill the reserve bucket, right? And it's that's really where the strategy of these different insurance companies come in. Are we going to yeah. pay out a big dividend right now because we need sales? Hmm. Or are we going to make sure our reserves are there? But regardless, all of them, even if they are paying a high dividend, they're all way more reserved, meaning reserve funded, than just about every other industry, yeah. right? So just remember this for the audience. The life insurance companies are big financial institutions. They're doing what everyone else is doing. They're bringing in dollars. They're going to take those dollars, go earn money with it, and they're going to pay us some of it, okay? And in the life insurance game business is they're going to pay us eventually this death claim, okay? But in the interim, we have some unique privileges. And so, you know, I always think of it, Nelson talked about in his book that we're solving one problem, and that's that we finance everything that we buy. Just quick review. We pay interest to other people, or we give up the ability to earn interest when we pay cash. So, Jim, if you were going to shop for money, if you were going to shop for groceries, would you shop at the grocery store you own or the one I own? The one I own. The one I own. So the life insurance contract gives us some pretty unique benefits. They're a financial institution. Jim already explained that, hey, a mutual insurance company, we're a, as a policyholder, we are an owner of this financial institution. So if we're going to finance everything that we buy, we're going to go get money from a financial institution. Let's shop for money from the financial institution that I have unique ownership of and some control of. So it's a closed loop. Instead of someone else being the owner of the bank and us depositing money and borrowing money from the bank, we're going to deposit money at this life insurance company. We're going to have a pool of money we get to borrow from. And we're the owner. No money is lost, right? Absolutely. And you got to think of it like this, Nick, this insurance policy, right? Is we're talking about going and buying assets, getting into real estate, getting into business, getting a franchise, getting all of these different things. So when I say that to somebody that's 25 years old, what's the first thing they think? I can't do that because... I don't have what? enough money. I don't or... have enough money. I don't have the money, right? And the bank's not going to give me money. Okay, which is, by the way, this is the, you are either a person that makes excuses or you are not. Okay, because making excuses are saying there are obstacles that I can't do anything about, that I can't overcome. Right. And that's why. That's okay, right. So you decide you're going to be that person or you're going to be the person that says, man, there's some obstacles. I don't have any money. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'll, you know, write them all down. How and can then I go? Okay. How do I overcome each one of these obstacles? Right. Because if I get rid of the obstacles, then I get what these obstacles are standing in the way of. Right. That's right. And here's the funny thing is you can't climb an obstacle unless you get your knees up against it. Right. Get close to oh, it. I, yeah. You have to accept it. And, and by the way, you want to make a lot of money. You want to get really good at it is embrace that process. That's right. Okay. So let's think about that. I don't have any money. Okay. But do you have a car payment? Yeah. Um, do you have a credit card payment? Yeah. They, student, maybe, loans. student loans. All, all yeah. the things. So what if we could take that money that you're putting in instruments or 401k or something like that. And we could start to recapture that interest. And as we recapture that interest, we 
invest it in assets. We go buy assets. Now, in the beginning, you know what? We're, we're going to have to get a little bit more creative because we need to build wealth and we don't have any cash, right? And Pace Morby, guest on the show and a friend of the show, wrote a great book, Wealth Without Cash. Okay. So he talks about creative financing. And, you know, this has been around for a long time. And there are people that can do it and people that can market it. It's kind of like I, IBC, right? Yeah. Is yeah. there are people that can do it and there are people that can market it. You don't want the market person. You want the person that has a track record like Pace, right? He's done it. He'll even partner with you if you have the right deal. So does it take effort? Yeah. Does it take action? Yeah. But if you wanted something, Nick, right now, I said to you, and you said, you know what, Jim, my life would not be fulfilled unless I run a marathon by May, six months or whatever it is, right? Sure. So are you just going to like get some shoes? And I mean, first you got to go get some shoes, right? Are you just going to, or are you going to, you know, forget the shoes. I don't really need good shoes. I'll just start running. Are you going to just start running blindly and hope that in six months you can run a marathon? No. No. You're going to research shoes. You're going to research gear. What's the right shorts? What am I going to need for the winter? I'm in Kentucky. What am I going to need? How many miles do I run the first week, the second week, the third? It's work. And you're going to just run a race. By the way, not just a race. Okay. I know at 230 pounds, I'm not going to be running any marathons anytime <laughs> soon. Maybe never in my life, but who knows? I might want to. But if I were going to, I would make a plan. Yeah. I would have a vision of what I wanted. I would make a plan. And then I would start to knock off those. Well, because one of the things is I don't even know how far I could run right now. Could right. I run a mile? Could I run two miles? Could I run three miles? I'm going to think it's somewhere in that range. But I got to know where I'm starting. So I'm going to go out and run the seat. Right? And then what you're going to do is get as much help and advice and coaching as you can. And that's the key. Does this make sense to you? If you're sitting in the audience right now, does this make sense? And if it makes sense, then don't just go out there blindly on YouTube and try to do it on your own. Right. Okay. Find a coach. Go to our community. Educate yourselves. You might not like us. You might take these and go, you know what? I don't really like these two ball guys. This is actually shaved. Nick. Get shaved. Um, yeah. yeah. But you might not like us. And that's okay. Because we want you, we educate you to come to two, one of two things. This is for you or it's not for you. We're for you or we're not for you. But you can't make excuses of why you can't have financial freedom and financial independence. Because if you don't, then what do you get compared to what? You get scarcity, you get hope, and you get fear. Yeah. So here's the thing, audience. We'll continue our discussion in another episode about the, the solution and moving forward, but it comes down to education, right? Get on the community, watch what is IBC. If this is your first exposure to this, what is IBC is supposed to help you decide whether or not you want to keep learning or not. And then if you want to keep learning, watch the Becoming Your Own Banker course, okay? Dig further into what you want. Make sure that your why is strong. Why do you want it? It's not somebody else's goal. It's your goal. We're the guides, okay? If you decide this is for you, we'll guide you through it. We'll help set up the insurance contract. We'll help you service it. Uh, all of that, help you put it in motion, okay? We're, we're here for you to be your guides. It's like the Sherpa, 
right? Calm K2. You want to hire the guy that's got no experience to, to take you up K2? Hey, it's a discount though. And I got really yeah. good marketing, right? Or do I want the guy that can get it done? We're practicing what we preach. This isn't our first rodeo at all. And if you decide you don't want to work with us, we've got some great people we'll refer you to. So make sure you get involved. Take control of your education, right? Don't let the noise educate you because frankly, it's for their best interest. It's not for yours. Any closing words, Jim? No, I mean, it's educate, take action. Educate, take action. Compared to what? Scarcity, fear, hope, empty things. Empty things, not an abundant life. Abundance versus scarcity. Your choice, balls in your court, just take action and educate yourself. It will help you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for all that you've done to put these resources together for our audience. I know it's benefited me significantly. And uh, those that are willing to take action, they'll find that same benefit. You know, there's been so many things that have helped me along the way. And I think, Nick, that what I envisioned when you and I started building this is what we would have needed from day one. (laughs) Right. If I didn't have Nelson, if, you know, like all these things. And so that's what we're trying to provide. Unfortunately, the people in the audience that didn't meet Nelson are not going to meet Nelson, mm-hmm. not in, not until they graduate anyway. Yeah. And so we're going to take a little piece of Nelson, put it into this community and his message. And his message is in total alignment with the next message that we're going to wrap up with, Nick, as we always do. So thank you, audience, and take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.